Good morning, Wellspring. Man, have y'all had a great Independence Day weekend? Man, it has been. It has been good. We have relaxed and we have piddled around the house, and it's just been just been a great, great time to celebrate. Listen, I just want to I want to go on the record and say this because for some reason this seems to be a a, a political thing today. I am proud to be an American. But I am proud of our country. I'm proud of our nation. I'm proud of who we are. But you know, as I have been studying Scripture, really, and really, really, in, in reference to the message today, but but as I have just been pouring over Scripture, I was just reminded um, a couple of years ago. I, I go to Puerto Rico often. I, I generally at least once a year. But a couple of years ago, we went down there. We had a mission trip planned, and. Uh, if you remember, this when those hurricanes come through. And it was devastating. I mean, it was devastating. And so me and one other guy went on down there without the, without the rest of our, our, our group uh, just to see what we could do, and we have some good friends down there. And so anyway, <clears throat> it, it was crazy. When we got off the plane, when we got, was walking through the airport, and there was no electricity in the airport, Puerto Rican flags everywhere. As we drove down the interstate, all the all the road signs were gone, like the big green interstate road signs. They were gone, and somebody had come through and put Puerto Rican flags up on the poles that were left. You know, I I just think that if God had planted me in Puerto Rico, I'd have been I'd be a proud Puerto Rican. If God planted me in Canada, I think I'd be a proud Canadian. If God planted me in Mexico, I think I'd be a proud Mexican. You know, it's, there's just something about that we take pride in where God planted us. And, and you know, what we saw in Puerto Rico, when, when the burden got heavy, the, 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 the church there is just different. That not wrong, it's different. It's different than what we experience here in the South. And it's a largely a Catholicism there, but, but not practiced Catholicism. But what we saw when the burden got heavy was people coming together praying. P- people, people coming together. And, and when, when division was, was hitting because of this hurricane, there was, there was no electricity, no running water. People were, were trying to stay in their homes because they, they were trying to just take care of what they had. It really does kind of remind me a little bit of what we've been through. Although what we've been through has not been bad at all. It's, it's been very, very inconvenient. <laughs> but it's not been really bad. But... But when, when, when our nation, when we the people, we the people, we the people of the United States, when we, when we begin to experience challenge, I, I do think that all the civil unrest and, and all that we're seeing take place in our country right now, as, as of modern history, we're seeing some of our most challenging times. I'm not a prophet, and I don't want to be prophetic. 
I don't think we've seen challenging times yet, church. I think we've seen a lot of inconvenience. But I don't think we've seen challenging times yet. And listen, I do, be- I do believe that challenging times are coming. Whenever you turn on the news, whenever you go to your social media feed, wherever you get your news from, the number one content today is about division. It is, it, there is something being programmed in us to be against something or somebody else. Listen, there's, there's lots of people that live different lifestyles than a southern Christian. But we don't have to stand against them. God calls us to be unified with them in the name of Jesus. And so what we're seeing is division coming. Listen, for, for those of you that are, that are my age and older, that grew up in the 1900s, you know there's some folks in here today that did not grow up in the 1900s. <laughs> it, it, was, it was largely, for most of its history, a Christian nation. You do understand that the church of the, I mean, the, the, the nation of the 2000s of America is headed toward great moral decay. Great moral decay. And, and my children, and these children that are here with us today, these, these children that are watching online are growing up in a nation of great moral decay. But come on, somebody, this isn't new history. We, we see the nation of Israel go through what we're going through right now. They were a country, a nation that was founded by God. They were God's chosen people. And they loved God and they worshiped God and they gave their all to God until they became complacent. And when they became complacent in their worship, when they became complacent in putting God first in everything, when they became complacent in gathering together, when they became complacent and they began to notice all the things that God had blessed them with, listen, they feared losing what they had more than they feared God. And they were placed into slavery. And they were placed into a place that they didn't want to be. And they cried out to God. Much, much like those Puerto Ricans that we saw gathered together praying and seeking God. I believe that God's allowing us to go through a little bit of a breaking in our country. And listen, this is not the time for the church to run and hide. This is not a time for the church to become more complacent. Come on, somebody. It is time that we rise up. I told Lee the other day, my wife, that, that, I, that I felt stressed. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of stress right now that, that because of the coronavirus, our attendance is way, way down. There's a little bit of stress that because of the coronavirus, our tithes and offerings are down. But my stress really comes more from, honestly, from the condition of the world that we're living in today. 
You see, the, the nation of Israel, they lost their possessions, they lost their stuff, but they didn't lose their God. And I, I just believe that, that, that God is allowing us right now to just have a hint of what it could be to be without him. To just, just a little bit of a hint. You see, and so, so these Israelites, they were placed in captivity. They had lost everything, and they, they began to cry out to the God that they knew existed. And God would restore them. And, and we've seen this happen multiple times over throughout the Old Testament. And then we went through a season of complete darkness called the Maccabean period. That period between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament it was 400 years of darkness. And God sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus came. And he lived a life of example. Not, not just an exemplary life, but a perfect life. Listen, it was a life of example because, listen, he said, come follow me. And, and he invested in a small group of people and said, listen, I want you to go and do the same. And, and he brought healing to people. And listen, he brought fruit to a dying world. Jesus did that. And he tells us in John 14 that we can do the same things that he did and we can do even greater because he was going to send a helper. And then because of the fruit, because of the greatness that he brought, the Jewish people that he had saved so many times said once again, we're not willing to give up what we have worked so hard for. And their hearts were hardened. And they feared more about losing their stuff than they did a relationship with an almighty God. And they crucified Jesus. But come on church, the grave couldn't hold him. Because it was the spirit that dwelt in him. And he overcame the grave and, and he came back and he told his disciples, listen, I want you to do the same thing that I have done for you. Listen, you can't live a life held down when the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. But listen, there's got to be a healthy fear of the Lord. Listen, there's got to be a healthy fear of who he is and we want to bring pleasing to him instead of ourselves. And so he told the disciples, go, go and do what I have done. Go and, and build the church. Go and invest in people. Risk it all for them. And he said, I'm going to send a helper back. And he sent back the power of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, we see it coming down like a mighty rushing wind. It was like flames of tongues. It was lit on their shoulders. And they were filled with the power and the presence of the same Almighty God. And that power and that presence is still alive today. And listen, that helper is still in us 
today, that helper, the Holy Spirit, he came and he moved across those people. And listen, that same Holy Spirit can move across our land today. Listen, cities in the, Old, in the New Testament, nations begin to be changed because the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, not in a building, not in a place, but on his people. And listen, those people begin to come under crucifixion. They begin to come under intense criticism. And they fled and listen, they didn't flee and hide. They took the gospel with them and more nations, more nations became Christ followers. Listen, God is trying to do something in our nation today. And listen, he's not trying to just press you down. Listen, he's not trying to cause division. He is trying to get you, church, to wake up. It is time that we wake up as a church. Listen, I am frustrated with the condition of our nation today. We the people, we the people, listen, we declared our independence because we were not dependent on anybody else. Let us not go back and repeat that history again. But listen, we can't be so independent that we are independent without God. There, there is a balance to be struck. There is a balance to be struck for us Christians that we are filled with the Spirit of God and we are completely dependent on Him no matter what happens around us. Is our dependency is on Him. Look with me in Acts chapter 9. And I want to focus on one verse today. And I actually want to focus on one part of this verse today. Luke, Luke writes as he's talking about the Apostle Paul and what Paul has been doing. And, and, he, and he writes about the church and Peter. And he says, and so the church. Now listen, this, this isn't where I'm going to focus, but I, but I do want to say this. We have said for years that that if the church building was to burn down, if we weren't able to have church, what would we do? Well, we're the church. Listen, God is bringing that to fulfillment. There are many, there's, there's a lot of people that aren't here today for good reasons. They're on vacation. They're celebrating Fourth of July weekend. There are some people that can't come because of the coronavirus. There are some people that are fearful to come because of the coronavirus. And I think there's a lot of that is, that is healthy. Listen, we can't be people who live in fear. But listen, if we're not going to be able to gather together, then what God is saying is that we, the church, take the gospel with us. Is that we take the gospel to wherever we are. Listen, we don't just retract. We don't just pull back. And so the, the church, the, uh, the Paul here, Saul, as we know him at this part of the story, had been under intense persecution. And Peter had just brought healing to people and raised one from the dead. And so the church, that's the church that we're talking about, throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace. In the midst of persecution, they had peace. Being built up and walking in the fear 
of the Lord. Will you just look at your neighbor and just tell them they were walking in the fear of the Lord? They were walking in the fear of the Lord. And in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Now don't miss this last part. And the church increased in number. Now listen, this, this isn't about how many people in your church attendance, what do your numbers look like. That, they're not counting numbers to be counting numbers. Luke is letting us know that, that in the midst of intense persecution, in the midst of people trying to shut down what Peter and Paul and these guys were doing, was that, that they had a healthy fear of the Lord, they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and the church, not just one location, but the church throughout all the regions were growing. People were continuing to be filled with the power and the presence of God Almighty. It's the Holy Spirit that was indwelling in the people. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you today, God, I lift up our country to you today. God, I praise you for our country. God, I praise you for our history. Not all of it was good. But God, just like in my own life, I, I pray that I have learned from my past experiences, even the ones I'm not proud of. I hope that we as a nation can look back on those unproud moments and that we have grown. But I do feel like today, Lord, you're, you're allowing us to face a little bit of persecution. God, you're, you're allowing us to be a little bit separated. Heavenly Father, I pray today that, that as we come together, whether that's online this morning or here in the auditorium, that we would be reminded that we need to be in awe and in reverence and a healthy fear of you, God Almighty, the creator, the sustainer of this all. God, I pray that our hearts would be open today. that these people would not just hear me be passionate today, Lord. Because they hear past that and hear you speak directly to their hearts. God, may we see your church increase, not just hold on. So God, we give all of this over to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You see, the, the, the Christians in the first century church, they were living in peace. The Christians in the first century church, they were being built up. The Christians in the first century church, they were increasing in number. But now listen, come on. These things were happening because they walked in the fear of the Lord. They walked in the fear of the Lord. And so I've just, I've simply entitled the message today, Trembling in Fear Together. 
You see, as, as that early church, as they got under persecution, they didn't go and just do their own thing and separate. What they did was they found creative ways to come together to pray for the power of God to move. When, when Philip left Jerusalem because of intense persecution, we never one time see Luke recording him complaining about the persecution. What we see Luke recording about Philip is him singing praises to the Lord and leading people closer to Jesus. That's, that's our responsibility today, church. And so when we see these signs of persecution, when we see these times of, of difficulty, it is not time for the church to shrink back. It is time for the church to truly walk in the fear of the Lord and to see the kingdom advance. Because right now, if you've seen all the things that are taking place, come on, do y'all not see that people need the Lord today more than ever? So who's going to take them to word? Because they're not walking through the doors of churches. They're not tuning in to our live stream. Church, we have to take the gospel to them. It, it's our time to take the gospel to them. And it says that, that the church here grew, that the church here was walking movement in fear of the Lord. Walking in fear of the Lord. What, what does it mean to fear the Lord? The word fear literally means awesome, <laughs> terrifying, respect, reverence. I know it's, I don't think it's open right now, but uh, have, have any of you been to, uh, to Six Flags in the last several years? And you pull into the parking lot and you see the, 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 the ride Goliath. It just like it touches the dang, you know, the clouds in the sky. It's, it's, it's a little bit terrifying. It's like, man, you got to have a healthy respect for that thing because no, to my knowledge, nobody's died on the thing yet. But, but it's, it's intent. The way that it's built, the way that it's designed is to show its magnitude. That's, that's fear. It's awesome but it's, it's also respect. You know, we, we don't let our kids play out in the street for a reason. Well, some of them are 21. They should know better by now. But, 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 but there's a healthy respect, right, for cars coming down the road and getting ran over. It's, it's fear. It's a healthy fear. It's good fear. And so what, what is fear of the Lord? Fear of the Lord is defined as reverence and awe. It's when, 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 when Moses encountered God. And God said, you can't look up on me. But, he, but he, lo he let him catch a glimpse of his robe as he walked by. And just, and just the mere glimpse of his robe, Moses just shone with glory. Listen, that's the God that dwells in us today. When people see us as Christians... Are they getting a glimpse of glory? You see, when, when we walk in fear of the Lord, it's because He dwells in us. 
And when he is dwelling in us, this fear, this, this awe, this reverence begins to define who we are. Not us defining who we are. You see, Jesus taught us about fear. And he says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, don't fear those who kill the body. Do, do any of y'all like watching some of these just straight-up horror flicks? I, I liked them when I was a kid. But the older I get, the more I begin to realize that these are like reality shows. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like watching those anymore. But, but it says, don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. The spirit that lives in us, rather... Fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. There is a real reality to the end of this story. And church, it's, it's time for us to have a healthy respect of the Lord, a healthy fear of the Lord, and knowing that he has enabled us and charged us to take the gospel to a world that is desperate for the good news, the gospel of Jesus. And when we live in fear of the Lord, it will drive us to do what he has called us to do, trembling and shaking in fear when we know that, that we have offended this God Almighty, this, this God, when we haven't went and received forgiveness for the sins that trespass against him. There should be a fear in us. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't believe that you can lose your salvation because once Jesus has brought you in and he has forgiven you of your sins, he has forgiven you of your sins of your past, your present, and your future, and he brings you in and he adopts you in like a child. And because he's done such wonderful things for us, that when we do sin in the body, in the flesh, that we are offended, that we have done that in the presence of the Lord. And so we, we go and we seek forgiveness, although we've already been forgiven, because we want to remain in a right standing with Him. I just wonder if we, the church, we, the people, are dealing with sin in our life. If we're being convicted of sin. And what if we dealt with sin? What, what if we truly dealt with sin as a church? What, what would happen to middle Georgia? Not only what would happen in your life, but what would happen in middle Georgia? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 and 27 says that, For if we deliberately sin after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. but a terrifying expectation of judgment and a fury of fire about to consume the adversaries. Listen, God is real. He, he's not a mythological, he's not just something that we come and, and we just do this to make us feel better. Listen, this is a real God and he is a real creator and there is a real wrath for those of us that walk against him. But listen, there is a real blessing for those of us that walk with him. 
And, and that shouldn't be a terrifying in the sense of scaring people. I remember as a kid growing up in church, and man, I, I heard this every Sunday, Wednesday. If you leave here today and you die in a car, that, that's a true statement. But our job shouldn't be to scare people into a relationship with Jesus. Listen, the church should be so filled with grace and love and care that, that people should be drawn into it. But listen, when they're not drawn into it, when they don't see the presence of God on you, there is a terrifying reality of hell and judgment. And we need to have both of those conversations, but, but I don't think it's our place to scare people into a relationship. Because listen, he's not a big scary God. He is a loving God that cares for us and is going to do whatever he needs to do to bring us into right relationship with him. And so right now, as, as, as we, the church, are literally being scattered, if God, if God allows us to tarry for another 100 years, I think that history will look back on this time and and I'm not sure if history is going to say that, that the Church of America retracted or, man, the Church of America rose up. But it is, it is our time, church. It is our time. For those of you from the church of the 1900s and we've been praying for revival in our land, this is it. God is answering your prayers. Now, now is not the time to back up. Now, now is the time to come under those that are younger than you and begin to undergird them and support them with prayer and support them with power. And listen, see the church rise up. This is, this is our time to shine because, listen, fear of the Lord is important. To have a healthy fear of the Lord, it is important. We need to learn. We need to learn from the fear of the Lord. Not just the scary, but we need to learn from this fear of the Lord. You know, that the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's, that's where it begins. It's the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1-7. Most of you know this passage. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. We're living in an undisciplined world today. And we don't like correction. We want to go our own way. But the Holy Spirit, the God that dwells in us, is going to bring discipline, is going to bring correction to our lives. And that, that fear is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It will also cause us to hate evil. There's a lot of evil going on today. <laughs> I just wonder how much of it we hate. Because it's not just what you define as evil. It's what the Spirit of God defines as evil. And listen, when, when we begin to fear the Lord, we begin to work in His knowledge. We will begin to hate evil and those things that are happening around us. To fear the Lord, Proverbs says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. Those are things that we will begin to detest. 
and to not stand to be around. Because when we don't have fear of the Lord, we begin to flirt with evil. And we unintentionally become corrupted. That's what happens when we don't fear the Lord. Church, we're in a, we're in a season of history right now where we're in a nation who no longer fears the Lord. That's the nation that we live in, and we have to be honest about that. But listen, that doesn't mean that we retract or pull back. It's time that our voices begin to rise up louder than ever. You see, when we don't have fear of the Lord, we will not come to know the love of the Lord. We won't know his love. We won't experience his love. Unless we have this awesome, healthy respect of who he is. And we begin to recognize who he is. You see, God promises mercy when we tremble in fear with his people. He offers us mercy. Psalm 103, but from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him again healthy respect of him and his righteousness toward their grandchildren of those who keep his covenant in in other words when we live as people who fear the lord it carries down to our children and our grandchildren and there's great mercy for those who remember and observe his precepts So grandparents, because you're grandparents doesn't mean that you're off the hook in taking the gospel to a dying world. We can't, we can't say, I've done my part. You can say that when you're standing in front of the gates of heaven. But your children and your grandchildren and their friends they need to see a healthy respect of the Lord. They need to see the power of prayer and the awesomeness of prayer coming through you. Taking the gospel, continuing to take the gospel. We need to have a healthy respect and awe, this fear of the Lord. Scripture teaches us, though. Scripture teaches us how to do that. It teaches us how to develop this fear of the Lord. This developing this fear of the Lord, this, this understanding, this, this capturing the right knowledge of what fear of the Lord really means, really begins with Scripture. It begins studying God's Word. I've really struggled in preparing this message and, and even preaching this message because I can't describe to you fear of the Lord in 20 minutes. What it really takes is for us to dive into Scripture, to, to dive into God's Word. Romans 10, verse 17 says that, So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Jesus. What are you listening to today? What are you putting into your hearts today? And it's got to be God's Word 
here at Wellspring on Sunday mornings, on our Sunday morning gatherings, we hear the word. In our life groups throughout the week, we hear the word, but we, but we dive deeper into the word. Listen, I think one of the greatest things that we can do is, is gather together as, as God's people and worship Him and raise our voices together. But, but listen, we can't dive deep into the Word together today. I can preach deep into the Word, but we can't, we can't peel it apart and, and wrestle with it. And, and that's why you need to be, listen, I don't care what name you put on it. You can call it Sunday school. You can call it a life group. You can call it a hangout. You can say we're going to go have fireworks together. I don't care what you call it as long as you're breaking God's Word apart and dealing with it and letting it penetrate into your soul and confessing your sins one to another and taking steps closer to Jesus. Listen, until we do that as a church, we're going to continue to fail. God wants us digging Praise God. Praise God for Sunday. Listen, our, our whole strategy is just come. Come to a Sunday morning experience. Because I believe that when you do, you're going to encounter the power and the presence of a holy God. But then connect. Connect to these people. We're, we are better together when we're connected together. But listen, I've done this long enough that the enemy is going to try and disconnect us. But when we get connected and we start dealing in the Word, that's when we begin to grow. And it's not until we begin to grow. You see, infants, infants need a lot of care. That's not bad. They're infants. The Scripture says that we can't stay on spiritual milk. We have to move. And listen, I, I can't do that by myself standing on stage. There's got to be a desire in you to not just learn the Word, but also, listen, we're talking about developing fear. We don't just learn the Word, we begin to apply the Word. Faith without works is worthless. And so listen, it, it's time. God, is, God has given us such a unique, beautiful opportunity today to really begin to apply all that you have learned over the years. Now we begin to apply this and we begin to take this into people. And so I, I really think that technology, where we're at today, man, we can have life groups online. We, we, I mean, we can have life groups now with people in Pennsylvania. We can have life groups with people in Puerto Rico. The, the world is suddenly becoming smaller. And God is, God is allowing, this is almost like a Romans road type time. You know, that's why Jesus came when Jesus came. It's because people could travel and, and the word could, could spread. Listen, we are in a Romans road time today. Do you all understand that? That for those of you that are younger than me, man, God has blessed you to be born in such a time as this. For some of you that are older than me, listen, God has allowed you to remain here on earth for such a time as this. And let me tell you, it is a wonderful time to be a Christian today. It is. I'm proud to be an American. But I'm much more proud of my homeland heaven. 
And I want to be known as a proud Christian more than a proud American. Listen, in developing a healthy fear of the Lord, listen, parents, parents, this was taught to the Israelites in the Old Testament. We see this being done in the New Testament. And, and we see the retraction of this today and we see the decline. It's because we're not teaching our children what a healthy fear of the Lord is. And so if you want to develop healthy fear, it literally begins developing as a child. And it begins developing in our children. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses writes, Then their children who did not know the law will listen and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land and you're crossing into the Jordan that you possess. So <laughs> as long as you're living, you need to teach your children the word. Parents, grandparents, right, right now, we don't have W kids. We don't have student ministry right now. I hope that your children aren't being deprived of the word. Because mama, daddy, it takes you teaching them the word. But when you begin to teach them the word, can I give you all a, for, for those of you that are in elementary or younger, don't listen to me. Don't listen, don't, don't hear this, because I want to give your parents a trick. I didn't know the word when my oldest were little. I really didn't know the word. I thought I knew some things, but I didn't really know anything, and I didn't know what to do. And my pastor said, go buy a children's Bible and just teach them out of the children's Bible. And I'm telling you, it was better than seminary. I'm not kidding. And so just get a children's Bible and read that to your children and read the little commentaries that are in there. And, and you will begin to develop a healthy fear of the Lord and understand the word with your children while you're developing that in your children. Don't let Satan use that as an excuse if you don't know the word to not teach your children. God, God will supernaturally empower you. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Listen, Israel, this is called the Shema. This was, this was the mandate given to children, I mean given to parents. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in the house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign up on your hands and a, and a symbol on your forehead and write them on the doorposts and your gates. As you're taking your kids to school, if that ever happens again, talk to them about the Lord. When you're sitting around the house bored right now, Talk about the Lord. When you're going on vacation, talk about the Lord. Bind them as symbols on your hands and, and on your forehead and on your doorpost that, that everywhere you go, that God's Word is here. Listen, technology is so impressive today. If y'all don't have version, the Bible app on your phone, you're probably living in sin. You need, you need the Bible app on your phone. 
And so there's a couple of us reading the chronological Bible together. And I'm doing some other things outside of that. And so I need to be reminded some accountability. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do those things. But to do this with these guys, I need it. And so I just got it set on my YouVersion Bible. And it reminds me at 6 o'clock every morning to read, to read through chronologically this section of the Bible. It's incredible. And so you can, you can read that in different translations, transliterations, and make it easy on yourself. But listen, parents, for those of you that are not parents yet, but you're soon to be, start digging into God's Word now. Start preparing now. For those of you that are teenagers and children, start digging into God's Word now. And developing that, that healthy fear. Listen, when we're reading Scripture and we're developing fear, don't, don't just read bits and pieces of it. There, there are some things that you're seeing on the news that, that you don't agree with. And so you'll go to Scripture to prove this particular thing right or wrong. Can I just say that's very unhealthy? It's very unhealthy. Don't read Scripture to prove your opinion. Read, read Scripture and let it shape your opinion. Let me say that again. Don't read Scripture to prove your opinion. Read Scripture and let it shape your opinion. Don't read part of Scripture, read all of it. Just, just read through the Bible. It's not as daunting as you think it is. And when you begin to read it, just let God speak to you. One of my greatest struggles is I, I, I study, obviously, all the time. But I've got to find a way to push back from studying it and just read it and let God's Word speak to me. I just believe, church, that when we begin to push back and say, God, I fear you more than the world around me. God, I fear you more than me losing my stuff. God, I want to be used as a vessel in a time of crisis to take your message and make it known. God, use me. Church, I believe when we get to that place, we can begin to turn a nation back to a nation of God. And your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren can live in a legacy again of a Christian nation. But I believe that God's got us in a great time. You see, when we develop a fear of the Lord with God's people, not separated from God's people, we develop a fear of the Lord with God's people. And so I want to encourage you, whatever means and methods you need to, let us help you with that through life groups. But you need to start wrestling with Scripture with God's people and developing a fear. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you today, God, as we seek you today, God, I pray that as you have been speaking to us during this time, as you've been speaking to us through your word, God, that there are some things that you have convicted us about today. Some things that we need to confess and to deal with. 